Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls. And a few thoughts. No one can see you dancing. But you can. <laughs> no one can see you dancing. You're like waving your hands in the ear. It's looking very like Kirk Franklin raised the roof. Type oh my gosh, Kirk Franklin, you're totally showing your age. Totally showing my Damn. age. Damn. Back in back I don't remember in the that song. Remember that song? That song was everything, right? It was like, is it gospel or is it walk up music? I it think it's gospel. both. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely it's both. And walk up music. They used to play that in the club. <laughs> they were not playing that in the club. They absolutely did play that in the club. You, you are just wrong. I mean, that song that they were playing in the club. Never could have made it. That oh, was like yeah. that they really were playing in the club. Oh my god. When that was Anthony, a jam though. It really was a jam. When Anthony would hear that song, like when he heard it and then when he would if he hears it, he cannot just play it one time. It has to be of like course. let's bring it back. Let's bring it back again. And it's like, oh my God, you've now played this song three or four times, babe. Like, how many more repeats is go are going to happen here? So good. So good. Very much so. But, you know, it's very vibesy. I could totally see why that would be an invigorating, like, gospel message type of thing. Like, you know? A hundred percent. I mean, there's an actual gospel song. Never could have made it. They just remixed. Yes, I know. That's what I'm saying. I could totally see why people would feel lifted after listening to that type of song. It totally. It yeah. Totally yeah. You could probably take any gospel song and remix it on a trap beat, and it could be popping. That's crazy. You mean black people gospel songs? You don't mean like all gospel songs. Do white people make gospel music? Absolutely. Yes. That's crazy. Who knew? I didn't really know that they make music. You know, but that's cool. Um, that's wild. I'm really funny. kidding. I'm kidding. I kid, I kid, I kid. I joke, I joke, I joke. Clearly. <laughs> I joke, Clearly I joking. joke, I joke. Um, I joke. No, but for real though, any I guess anything can be remixed. They do that with everything now, you know? Someone sounds a bit too entertaining on an audio thing, you remix that and you got a whole meme, got a whole gif. It's everything. Never it's everything. repurposing and innovating and being creating and, and all of this stuff. So. It's entertaining. Talking about the idea of innovating and creating and etc. we have to take up this conversation again about love is blind, right? Um, mm -hmm. That is by far one of the most innovative concepts I think you've seen. And I say innovative because it's built on the concept of an arranged marriage, which we've known has existed for centuries. Um, mm -hmm. The entire, maybe, you know, it's been around for as long as people have been around. However, we haven't seen it quite like this. Netflix coming through with the creative show ideas as per usual. It is really cool. I love the idea of creating an experiment based on a 
long-held practice of uh, arranged marriages but then Mm -hmm. also the idea which i think is always debated on physical connection versus emotional and mental connections and which ones really drive a relationship Mm -hmm. and i love the idea of challenging that physical connection piece because you know i've always been the person who was like Physical, physical connection is the most important part of a relationship. That's what gets you in the door. Like, I can't see your glowing personality from across the room. Like, I... No, I can't. I can't see it. So I want to see that amazing physical connection that makes me lost to be in your presence. And then I get to hear about the amazing person that you are in conversation. But I'm not walking across the room if I don't see that. But I think this idea is really, really cool to start with the conversations and start with really getting to know someone deeply mm-hmm. in the hopes that the physical connection will follow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, right? I think that is certainly something that is interesting to test which is what they're testing. Um, And Mm. there's a lot of interesting things that come out of it. I will say in terms of this whole, like, you know, what can you tell or what information can you gain across the room? I mean, like you, I'm also a big believer in, like, the physicalness of the connection. Physicalness being it's, like, how you interact. Is the exchange awkward? Does it feel natural? Um, As... But I'm also someone who deeply values the mental and the emotional connection. Like, I need those things. Like, I want to, and that is a huge part of the relationships that I'm in. Like, my current relationship, it's really important for us to be really great friends. And we are. Mm -hmm. So there's that piece of it. I think that in terms of, like, what can you tell? Can I pick up your amazing personality across the room? I think you kind of can. If someone, but it has to, it's like very specific. I think if someone is like, like a very extroverted person, if you're like across the room, you can take in information about how they're working the room, how they're dealing with people. I mean, the same can be said if you're someone who is a bit more introverted. There's information that you can gather, but certainly understanding the intricacies of a person's personality, you just can't get all of that information across the room. Um, and well, you can't get all of the information about their physicalness from across the room either. You're seeing like one dimension of what they have to offer. Right. So I think that love is blind, them completely removing that physicalness and removing that layer of information, right? Like seeing someone, there are things that we use to interpret make decisions, make assessments as we move forward. And now you're Mm -hmm. saying to people, we're actually removing this entire element of your decision making. And this is the only thing that you have to go off of. Which I think is really cool, though. I think that's, that's the part that is interesting, right? Because all you have is the conversations. And you know, you're a person in this world who has interacted with people that you maybe had a voice and then you you attached it to a physical a physical mm-hmm. being in the real world. So when you have the conversations in the pods, you mm-hmm. might be imagining, okay, so this 
deep, sexy voice sounds like the voice of a person who is six feet and they look like this, etc. So you kind of start creating the picture in your mind. And there could be some theory that you're falling in love with that picture in your mind. Like that becomes your physical, lustful part of it because it's happening in your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So there might be some of that. And we saw in this season where they were asking some questions to glean what someone's physical um, would look like. Shake especially was asking about like, can I? It was really actually. Yeah. I'm sure other people asked questions along that that line. Even when What's-His-Face was asking about, oh, well, what are you wearing? And Shayna and Shayna. And Shayna would say, oh, I'm wearing these shorts with a crop top. Like, you can figure out that a person who is probably more fit and confident in their body is more likely to wear a crop top and shorts on TV. Or... It could tell you the person is someone who is a bit more revealing. Maybe they're a bit more outgoing, um, sexier, like in terms of like energy. Like yes, know, like sexier energy. But you're also on TV, so there has to be a certain amount of confidence in what you physically look like to be okay with wearing shorts and a crop top on TV. I guess so. Like, I can take that information and say, this person is probably someone that takes care of their body. They probably have a sexy energy, and that Mm -hmm. sexy energy comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's some information that you can get from the the conversations. I did did find it interesting when um, Shane was asking that, because it was definitely, I mean, I think ultimately, you know, he was trying to develop that picture and I think he was also mm-hmm. like, that was his way of like flirting and being endearing and I think you have to get creative like you're literally going off of someone's voice and a mental and emotional connection and it's like how do you introduce some sort of like variance into that scenario you gotta get creative so yeah felt- for sure it did not feel like when he said it to me, I could actually walk through why he might have been doing it and felt okay with it versus when Shake was like, so if we're at a music festival, can I lift you up? It's like, what are we talking mm-hmm. about? Like, what are we discussing? Like, and it's, it just sounded ridiculous. It really actually just sounded ridiculous because it was, it was a matter of like everyone coming in there is some way that he was trying to ascertain their weight. And it's just also like, well, on the flip side of it, if we're at a music festival and you can't lift me up, isn't that also indicative of your body strength? Like, does it have to do with me? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It's just like, what are we doing? I mean, yeah. are you able to- But he's someone who was very confident. Oh my God. He thought he was a hot boy in these streets and everyone would have wanted him. So he was very much like, I'm a catch. I need to know that you're a catch. So clearly, (laughs) very confused. Um, But in the experiment piece of it, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Love is Wine was also created by the same creators of Married at First Sight. Did not realize that. That totally makes sense. Yes. They're on. Makes sense. They're on Lifetime. Now you all need to be on Netflix. Just corner the whole market. 
<laughs> y'all really it's very cool so i'm married as at first sight the idea is that you start with commitment before mm -hmm. anything else to develop the relationship so you start with commitment and then you develop the physical connection the mental connection mm -hmm. emotional connection mm -hmm. on love is blind they start with the mental connection and emotional connection then they commit and then after the commitment they grow the physical so it's interesting how they still put the idea of commitment in the Earlier. initial parts of a relationship which i think is key as well because i think that when you commit to a situation you're also committing to come what may whatever the obstacles are we are committed to figuring it out we're committed to working it out working through the issues like figuring it out because we have committed to this situation and i think that's really where the crux of the experiment is yeah it's in the commitment piece before we really start drilling into this i just have to say now that you have let me know that these are the same creators it illuminated so much for me because hmm. when i'm watching love is blind I often think to myself, man, if they had like an expert in the room, like a therapist or a somebody, it would help them to have some more, have more productive, better conversations, especially after the meeting point. Like there is a yeah. level of adjustment that happens when they meet and they become physical and now you're having to like reconcile. But I realize they can't introduce the experts and the other things because like, it would look too much like married at first sight. Absolutely. So there has to be a way for Absolutely. them to remain distinct in their approaches. I mean, and again, very smart of them because you're testing one theory of this in one way and then you're on the show and testing this other theory in another way. And you know what? Kudos to you that's great. Um, <laughs> with Love is Blind, I was having this conversation with Xavier and with Mommy about uh, arranged marriages, the success, the experiment, etc. And it's interesting that there are people who look at it and they're like, this is so ridiculous. It's like you're talking through someone, you know, not like it's through a wall, but you're essentially talking to someone where there is a wall separating you and then you're going to make a decision about getting married to this person who you've never met before. And people think it sounds very wild. People think it sounds very wild. And I was saying to them, you know, I think that there's an element of it sounding wild because we were raised in cultures where this is not the norm. Like back home mm -hmm. in Nevis, it is not the norm for you to be in an arranged marriage. Like that is not the path. You get your own partner, you make your own decisions about who you want to be with, and it's done. But I'm like, there's something to be said about the fact that, you know what, there are other people who have realized this is not it. The way that we're the way that we're forming these familial alliances and the way that we're navigating relationships, maybe the West does not have it figured out. And we need to try something else. Um, and it's, it strikes me whenever I'm listening to the cast of the show 
that they talk about the fact that it's so difficult dating. People are like so vain, so this. And so people have this yearning to have more meaningful connections that extend beyond this physicalness because so many, especially the women, I feel like more than the men, they're just like, you get so tired of it. Like there was this, she didn't make mm-hmm. it further on in the show, but there was this one um, blonde um, castmate and she was saying like, when men meet her, there's this feeling of like blondes are fun and like people don't take her like to be like a person that would be a girlfriend or wife or partner type. And I thought to myself, is this truly the level of simplicity in which people, men, suitors are like moving around the world? Like I found it kind of surprising that in 2022, whenever they take the show, that someone could feel that. It's like your hair color, you think, is putting you in a different light when it comes to potential suitors. Like what? But it makes sense. We all have those things. Yeah, it totally makes sense. It's like where Ayana was saying on the show that if she's not really dressed up, she tends to look like she's a 12-year-old boy. So... I'm sure in a dating world, like because she is a small bodied person, she probably doesn't get the matches that she would want to have. Um, women that are more curvy tend to be more sexualized. So they might meet men on the street or wherever. And the initial thought is, I want to have sex with you, right? Because you are sexy and curvy. And that's what you do with sexy, curvy women when really you're trying to have an emotional, mental connection, you mm-hmm. know? So, like, I think we all have those things that are like physical things are that are about us that uh, makes it challenging to have a have the perception that we want in a dating situation. Um, and then I also think about the impact of the pandemic, the impact of social media and all those things on our wants and desires and the urgency around using different ways to meet people, right? Like now we have love is blind, married at first sight, sexy beast. Are you the one temptation Island? There are so many dating shows. Like it really makes you wonder why is there such a rise? Why is there such an interest in Mm -hmm. this particular type of social experiment? Because obviously social experiments have been around for the while for a while. Like we can Mm -hmm. think about, the real world, that was a social experiment. Big Brother is a social experiment. Yes, but this sure. specific niche around dating and social experiments, it must be coming from somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it um, so significant now that everyone is either interested in watching this on TV or interested in participating in these type of social experiments? I have two immediate reactions that are coming up for me. One, it's interesting that in this entire um, list that you just gave, and I'm so thankful actually that you didn't mention shows like The Bachelor. I mean, one, my bias is that fucking hate the show. I think it's such a terrible (laughs) dating concept for many reasons. That's one element of it. And the second thing is, in terms of the rise of the dating show, 
is it actually just connected to the rise of reality TV? The rise of this space that we're in of like digital creation and people kind of like forging their own path. Like since, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, we have become inherently more interested in more real world experiences. We want to be able to see people that look like us. We are drawn to relatable stories. And is that an element of what we're seeing now in the rise of whatever is happening? Outside of that, when I think of, you know, your question about like social media and the rise of this thing, people are, and we are in this space where we are in such a digitized world. The metaverse mm-hmm. now exists. That's like a whole thing unto itself. And people are really yearning to be like seen, but not in the physical on-screen surface way. It's like you want to be seen, but then you don't want to be like seen by just what appears in front of you. I think mm-hmm. people are really looking to get under the surface or to like divert from this path of only being taken for what they look like. Yeah. I mean, I think you're, you might be right. Cause when I think about social media, I think we're now in a space where we understand that half of the shit on social media is fake, right? Like we know people post the good stuff. They post the, edited videos, the edited photos, everything has a filter on it. So we know that what's presented to us in the physical sense is not real. And I think when we think about that, we then think, well, if everything that's given to me is fake and edited and produced, then I'm not really meeting real people. I'm not really interacting with real people. So how do I get to the point where I can interact with real people Mm -hmm. and you then say, okay, so then just come off of social media and go outside. But then you put the pandemic on top of that and you're like, okay, so now I actually can't just go outside. Right. And then if you were one of the brave ones and you did go outside in the pandemic, you also think about the manufactured bodies that exist out here in the world for men and women, right? Like we got, everybody got a BBL, everybody got you know, Botox in the lips and lip injections and all of these things. And everyone has lashes that are five inches long. So again, you're in the same space where you're like, okay, so what I'm seeing in the world is still not real. So do I need to get help to find someone and try to like connect on a different level before I get into the physical space. Cause I mean, nothing is wrong with the BBL. Nothing's wrong with the lashes. Nothing's wrong with all of those things. I fully support like all of, anything that you want to do to feel good about yourself right. physically, a hundred percent rock out and do that. But if that's all that you present to the world and no one can get to the mental and emotional side, then it kind of leaves you at an impasse. Like how do you get there? And mm-hmm. I think that's what these social experiments provide. They provide a way for you to get to 
a connection that's beyond the physical. So when I do meet you and you have all the lashes or you went under the knife and now you have pecs, you know, you know, as a man, (laughs) then, then at least I have already fallen in love with the other sides of you that the physical don't really matter as much. Yeah. It's a lot going on in this world in this time that we live in. I mean, life has gotten so much easier Mm -hmm. on many levels, but then there's just so many like levels and layers of shit sometimes that you have to like sit through. So all of that considered you're tuned into love is blind and you know that it's going to be an interesting watch because of the entire premise of the show and if you are listening and you haven't watched it you might want to go to watch it because there's probably going to be a spoiler in here so walk me through what did you think about the couples what did you think about the connections do you think they're gonna last was the whole thing a train wreck because People feel like it was a pretty terrible season. <laughs> like, people think it was, like, red flag after red flag after red flag. of just like, what in the hell is happening on this show? A hundred percent. I felt like it was a train wreck. I thought that all of the relationships, like, they didn't make sense to me. None so, of them. Um, none of them made sense throughout the season. I, I remember thinking to myself... This Jared and Ayana situation is, is so fucked you up. You never saw he it. Pretty much, he pretty much proposed to someone else and then was she like, didn't. oh, so she said no. So let me go ask Ayana because he's so determined to leave with someone. But he did, though. It was like, oh, um, so if I asked you to marry me, what would you say? She said, nah, nigga, I'm not marrying you. And he goes, okay, no problem. I'm going to ask the next chick because I'm not leaving here empty-handed. You know? Like, that's what happened. I do not know. You know, you have different (laughs) perceptions of this because when I look at that, I see a person where it's like, you're trying, you're dating two people. You're dating two women. They're very good matches. I always thought that him and Ayana had a deeper connection, deeper in terms of they were connecting about things that were deeply personal. Not necessarily like, I didn't mean necessarily deeper in a comparative way, but just like I saw them really digging and getting to know each other. Even the parts that were less glamorous. Like I thought, mm. wow, this really seems like a stable connection. If you're dating like two people and you kind of want to know, okay, can I get married to this one or can I get married to that one? There's some like questioning and interrogating that you're going to have to do in order to get your answer. And so like when I'm looking at this and like you throw it out like, okay, what's her name again? It's, I'm blanking on it right now. Mallory. Um, Mallory. He throws out the question to Mallory and I never took it that that was a proposal. I never did. It was like I can easily get married to these two women and I need to understand where this other person is at, but it's also like, this is the nature of the experiment. If you're in an experiment where you could potentially be dating multiple people, I mean, the idea of like the first choice and the second choice, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, does it matter that much? Because we've seen on previous seasons, I'm, I'm gonna let you respond in just a minute. We've seen on previous seasons with 
what's not an, I shouldn't say seasons because there's only been one other. But Amber's husband, he was mm-hmm. talking to like three women at the same time. And but that's what they're any, supposed to do. I get that's it. That's what they're supposed to do. And he was asking this one, that one, the other one. He was asking all of them, like, what's up? And did it look crazy when he was doing it? 1,000%. But then here is it. Jared asked the one person, the one little question about, like, how do you feel? And people like, oh, my God. It's her, you know, he's acting like it's his second choice. And da 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 And it's like, uh, no, actually, men are going through the process. And this is where the process is. But here's the problem with that, right? Why is there a problem? Everyone on un- everyone understands that they are dating multiple people, having many conversations and trying to figure it out. Uh-huh. However, however, it's interesting that he asked Mallory first. Or that's how they showed right? it to us. But it's also that's not just how they showed it to us because then he went into a conversation with Ayana saying to Ayana, I had a conversation with Mallory. This is what I asked her. This is what she said. So clearly that happened before that conversation. Right? Secondly, after they've made their decisions and they're away on this like honeymoon trip or whatever, and he's having that conversation with Mallory, which was super inappropriate. He's busy telling this girl, oh, you didn't get the right ring. I would have gotten you the right ring. Oh, she says, I'm looking for a guy that would have prioritized me. He says, I would have done that. Oh, so God. does that sound a man that does sound like a man that was gonna be like, yeah, Ayana's it. But he had no, that sounds like a man who went with his Yes, but that sounds like a man who went with his second choice. Because if Mallory would have said yes, he would have been ma- with Mallory with Mallory. Absolutely. That is what was happening. And that's why it came across that way. Needless to say, they have moved on and they seem to be very happy. And we saw them at the reunion and it looks like it worked, at least for now. Um, and we obviously the wish now. them the best. You just had to say that. Yeah, I mean, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I was not into any of these relationships at all. But um, I also thought it was interesting that um, Lauren had posted, I think on the night of the finale, Uh something to the extent of like, don't allow for the producers to push you Mm -hmm. um, in any sort of direction. Don't do it just to be on the show or just to chase fame or something like that. that. And I thought it was really interesting that she was picking up on that. Because that was my read throughout the season. I'm like, this shit ain't even real. They're just trying to stay on for as long as possible because they look at Lauren and Cameron and they're like, oh, they got 2 million followers each. They're doing amazing. Let me see how I can get my own millions of followers Mm -hmm. and walk in their path. But it ain't about that. Like the reason Lauren and Cameron are successful is because they're obviously madly in love with each other and love is blind worked. But it worked genuinely, like not just because they're trying to chase fame, you know? Yeah. I mean, I did not think that people were trying to chase fame, but I think that people were almost like uh, in, I don't, infatuated is such a, a, a big word to use, but that, that is what is coming up for me right now. But people seemed really mm-hmm. in, 
infatuated with the idea of the experiment. It's like they seemed infatuated with the hypothesis. Like I cannot tell you how many times this season people were like, you know, I am feeling such and such and blah blah blah. And it is true. Blood is truly blind. And the number of times they said it, I remember texting you being like, did they say this tagline this much in the first season? It was like constant every single time. And as you're watching it as a viewer, you're just like, are you saying it because you're talking yourself into the belief? Or do you For truly sure. believe it? Because what we're seeing as the audience, they weren't having these seamless connections and conversations. And in the real mm -hmm. world, if they were having this connection, they would have already, I would hope, have taken a hard look. So for instance, when we're looking at Shayna and the other guy that she was talking to, and you're mm -hmm. hearing their change, what's his name again? I always forget it. I don't remember his name either. Well, whatever. He is atheist. Shayna is mm -hmm. Christian. She has Christian values. Whether or not people think she's a practicing Christian or what people think her story is, the woman has a Christian foundation. That is how she sees the world. This man is completely an atheist. And here they are on the show talking about getting married. You have this major foundational barrier and block that you both understand that you will probably not get beyond. You will keep butting into it. And you really asked this woman to get married and then this woman really accepted. Like, are y'all nuts? But here's the thing though. That in, in my mind, that's not why they broke up. Because every time she would get in front of him, she oh, would Lord. say, Oh, I don't think we have the same values. We're going to keep going in circles around this religious issue. Mm -hmm. But then she would get in the diary room or like when she has to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the producers and tell us, the audience, that she wants Shane. So I think that is what actually happened. Oh she just thought that it was inappropriate for her to say to her fiance, I actually want this other guy that I was dating before you. So I'm actually breaking up with you because we have this huge religious issue. But she told us the truth. She told us, no, I want Shane. I'm not letting go of Shane. Oh, God. That was your read. That's not what my read is. That's what she said. This is what she said to us. Listen, when I look, I just find the The religious shit was bullshit. No, I don't think She so. would have moved. She would have moved through that situation. And I'm, there are many couples that deal with that and i'm sure they're fine but what you can't deal with is when you actually want to be married to somebody else like that's that's the shit <laughs> that's where it don't that work <laughs> would be a problem unless you are poly then that could be totally fine <laughs> but if you're you not know, poly, maybe then not so much so i finally remembered his name kyle i actually kyle. tend to think that it was actually something that she noticed that they were going to keep hitting on. And not just because like, there are plenty of people. I don't know what your life is about. I lie. I do. It's not like there are tons of people who are out here just dating atheists when they're at the different end of the spiritual spectrum. I mean, if he had said agnostic, 
And if he had said that there was an openness to potentially expanding his spiritual understanding, it would give more breathing room for where you could see that they would be able to meet in the middle. But he was very much like, I used to be very religious. I've been there, done that. I think it's bullshit. And now I have decided that that is no longer my belief system. And I think that it's our mm-hmm. cute when things are not that serious yet, that nothing, there's no life building. And by life building, I mean, we're not living together. We're not having children. We're not creating a family. And you're not getting to see what my world looks like and how I operate and exist in the world. It's fine in this bubble of an experiment for us to be like, we can work through it. We can work it out. Because guess what? You're in these pods. You have no connection to the outside world. And anything feels possible. There is this false sense of reality of life. Anything is possible. Everything is possible. Because you are eating, breathing, and living this experiment. And Mm -hmm. that is it. Like, it has limited real-world interface at that point in time. And so, do I think... Which makes sense. Do I think that she was interested (laughs) in Shane? Certainly. But I also think that she got swept up in the experiment. And it's like, well, he's funny. He makes me laugh, blah, blah, blah. And then you get proposed to... And you see him physically, and you're just like, oh, shit. I mean, really, like, what am I doing, though? Now you have to go on a honeymoon with this guy. And he's like, oh, my God, why is she not here? I can't believe I'm here by myself. Sir, you know why she's not here. Why are you... Because she wants Shane. Well, she should have then gone. Let me tell you. So that she could have the proximity to Shane. But that's not what she did. Let me tell you. This girl, Shayna, did not think about, oh, what's going to happen when we raise kids? We're not going to raise kids in a religious household because we're so different, whatever. She didn't think about that because, one, she didn't come across as that smart. Two, her issue when she first met him was that she wasn't physically attracted to him. Like, the look on her face was very much like, yeah, nah. Not what I expected. I'm not into it. I'm uncomfortable. Like, she barely let that man touch her. And as soon as she saw him, she then expressed, I don't know if this is going to work out. Like, I just want to prepare you for this maybe not working out. You know why? Because she physically saw him at that point. She, in the pod, said yes to the proposal, probably thinking, damn, if he's really hot, I will figure this out. She sees him and she's like, yep, this shit ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. I take it back. And then they go on the honeymoon and she's like, oh, he took his shirt off. I'm in his space. He's like a little bit weird. Yeah, it's like, nah. I'm not. She sure did. And then on the first night she says, and then she left because that's when she continued to see him in person. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. No, I'm not doing this. I'm out. I will say that I think at that point for Shayna, it was a double. It's like, okay, the atheist thing is one thing, but then now you're atheist and I'm not really feeling the physical attraction. This is too much. This is too much. It is. But this is where Shayna's a mess because Shayna decided at that point it's too much and she was going to peace out. And then this crazy girl says, come meet my parents. (laughs) 
Does oh that make God. sense? It doesn't make <laughs> Tell me she's not chasing fame. This is the other thing though. This is this is where I really wonder how did they go about producing the second season? You know this man is not a match. You know you're wavering on this. And how old is Shana? She's 31, 32. You're a whole grown woman. I think by now you should have a better sense of this is not going to work or this is going to work. Your little spidey senses should be doing more spidey fancy things. Right. You, this guy, you, you take him to meet your family, which I'm just like, is it that they are contractually obligated to do the step? Because like that's where they're at in the process. But I was so relieved when her mom was like, no, you do not get my blessing because someone needed to say it. Someone needed to say it so badly. Because these two people were just saying, Absolutely. like, this guy Kyle was hella awkward. I'm just like, is this how you act if you meet somebody's family? Like, really, though, if this had panned out, this is what you think you should look like showing up in this space? Cringe. Yeah. It was so cringy. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. So, and I don't think Shane would have been much better in that space either. Oh, Lord. But you know what? I got to say, Shane really grew on me over the season. You know, you see mm-hmm. him. He's very peepy. You know, he looks very bushy <laughs> all the time. But when, <laughs> when you see him having conversations with, like, um, Shake, for instance, and they're having conversations, what comes out of his mouth is actually pretty thoughtful, articulate stuff. Which hmm. I'm so sorry, Shane, but he just doesn't present as someone that you would expect to have such a measured stance. But he would really check Shake on his bullshit. And, you know, when his fiance was doing her own bit of weirdness, he was just like, yo, can you like stop like the playing around? Like, I'm trying to be serious and he, this is what you're doing. So over the season, I was like, you know what? I mean, I would never, ever, still in this life or the afterlife, ever consider him an option. But I could see how he would have been able to, at the end of this experiment, end up being married. And I mean, by the time we got to the end, we were just like, okay, this is not going to happen. It was, we were getting the vibes that it was not going to happen. Um, but it was like, ooh, I maybe it's like if Natalie did not change her mind, they would have probably gone through with it. If they didn't have whatever that fight was the night before, Which they would have no one will ever know. Married. And yeah, cheers to them for being so private and keeping your situation to yourself because I do think that especially in this reality world that you have to figure out what you're going to keep to yourself. But it was like, yeah, really? absolutely. these two, I don't know. I can't see it. And then as the season unfolded, you're like, I guess. Cause Natalie also is kind of like a quirky, funny kind of type. Uh, they're surprisingly similar in some respects. And it was like, yeah, hmm. for sure. Um, yeah. All right. So Danielle and Nick, I definitely thought that they were going to go all the way. All the way. Yeah, no. Why, friend? It's just weird. 
I believe that people need to be two whole people in relationships. Listen. (laughs) It's a thing. Like, you got to come to the relationship whole. I got to come to the relationship whole. And it appeared as though Nick really wanted to fix and he wanted to be the person for her to lean on and he would nurture her through the crazy for lack Mm -hmm. of a better word and she just had so much work to do on herself still that it just did not appear to be a healthy situation for either of them um Mm -hmm. But I think they said yes, because he has a need to fix and she needs to be fixed. So maybe that's what the match is about. Oh, Lord, let's not even shit on these people's match like that. I think that beyond that, like, I actually don't even think that that is the basis of their connection. I think that what connects them is the fact that they can have such vulnerable emotional conversations. And the fact that she feels safe enough to, you know, un curl and be her most vulnerable self and unfortunately her most vulnerable self really shows up as her most insecure self but that is Mm -hmm. real shit in real life you want to be able to get to a place where you want to show your partner this is who I am and he saw Mm -hmm. that and decided you know what that is okay I love you regardless of that they also have similar in terms of like how their families are set up. And I think they're both like children of divorce, if I remember correctly. But mm-hmm. they were really doing the work in terms of having the conversations that they needed to have. And as I also think that you want to, best case scenario, enter into a relationship where you are two whole individuals. However, if that cannot happen, I think that if in their case there is one very or close to all individual and there's another person who is working on and actively invested in her self-development, that they can get to that place. And as they said in the reunion special, they're in therapy. And I was like, cheers to you all. You all realize that you Absolutely. know what? We need some additional tools that we currently do not have, and we're going to go seek out these tools, and we're going to make this work. And that is some commitment level where mature people touch it. And I respect it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I agree. I definitely respect that. I respect Um, it. But, you know, I didn't expect they were going to say yes either. So, like I said, I didn't think any of these couples were going to say yes. That's (laughs) crazy. It's like the lowest expectations. Like the, you the have lowest. lowest expectations. I definitely thought Nick and Daniel None were going to say sense. yes. And I definitely thought that Jared and Ayana were going to say yes. And they did. What I didn't really see coming was Mallory and Sal. I, I mean, mm-hmm. Mallory's vows on the, on the day of... And then Sal just being like, I am not with it. I was just like, when did this take this turn? When did we get here? Right. Sal probably realized that she wants Jared. My guy, (laughs) Mallory and Jared are over. They 
how to connect them in the pods. They hit it up. It's oh done. My gosh. Why? They you belong have to together. You have to let go oh of this. Oh my gosh. For the people listening, Tanya is so invested in these two people off of Tanya. It's pure vanity. Let's just talk the truth and talk it. No. It sure is. They look it's great vanity. together. They look amazing together. They look amazing together. I will say, you know, I can tell Ayana and Jared obviously have a connection. Like you can tell that they have a good friendship. They, they fuck with each other, which is beautiful. And you're right. It is pure vanity because when I look at Jared and Mallory together, it just makes sense visually. I'm like beautiful people (laughs) together. It's so good, but it's okay. I mean, I can let it go. Um, and she and Sal did not look good together at all. Like that didn't make any sense. Was it giving you like um, puzzle vibes? Like, are y'all related? Yeah, like very like big sister, little brother type of vibes. Mm-hmm. It was some of that going on. You know, it's crazy because you know I'm a I'm a probably fuck around. I end up in one of those type of situations because I'm over here talking shit. <laughs> my next boyfriend would be looking like my little brother. <laughs> oh my god, the money that I would pay to see that happen. Yeah. Oh Lord. man. That would be unacceptable. Okay, so we've spoken about all the other people. Now to really get mm-hmm. to the main event. And I hate that it's the main event because of all of the reasons why it's the main event. But this guy shape, oh my god, a mess. A mess does not actually give enough language to the level of messiness and the level of just piss poor behavior that this man brought to the season. Like through and through. And there was a point of the season, you see him connecting with DP on a different level, on a level that he has, in his words, never connected with anyone. And I thought to myself, huh, maybe he is exploring. Maybe he is digging within. Maybe he is turning a page. Mm-hmm. And every time you see him, he talks to his mom, he talks to Jerry, he talks to this person. Oh my God, I'm so not attracted to her. Oh my God, she looks like my auntie. And when you see his physical reaction to being in her space, it just makes me so disgusted. Because if you hear about someone and you say you respect them and all of the things that he was saying you just don't talk about people in that way you don't treat people in that way i mean yeah, have sure. some decency about you yeah for sure i actually don't have very many words about this whole shake situation i understand not being physically attracted to a person But I think when you put yourself in a situation to challenge your ideals around physical connection, then actually challenge those ideals, like actually dig deep and figure out the emotional and mental connection. Like don't waste anybody's time. And I know that a lot of 
what was being said online was that we had not seen the depth of how disgusting he was. Like we really only saw the tip of the iceberg. And I think that that is so unfortunate that that even went on for as long as oh it did God. without someone stepping in and saying like, okay, so we can't actually do this to a person. And I think that's where married at first sight is so different because you would have the experts that come in and say, okay, so this in interaction is actually not appropriate. It's not healthy, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. And they would help to either navigate them into the right direction mm -hmm. or open the door for them to be apart, you yeah. know? So that you like just stop the bleeding, you stop the hurt. And it seems like he beat up on this woman for the entire season um, to the point that like, her castmates and stuff felt so protective of her, mm -hmm. as you saw in the, in the finale. Episode. But in the reunion episode, I feel like someone should have or needed to like cut it. Like in the middle of the season, be like, okay, so this is actually abusive. This is not healthy. So let's just nix it here. It was so uncomfortable to watch because on one end of it, like there is this, I don't even want to say to his credit, but as from one human being to another, me looking at him in the earlier stages, you felt as though he was trying to make sense of and understand this new connection. He had always been used to relying on physical information to make assessments on people that he dated. But then you also realize like mm -hmm. you never actually truly allowed anyone to get to know the real you. So deeply opened up this space in his consciousness and in his heart. And you, I thought to myself, looking at this guy, like maybe he's actually starting to see the wisdom in what is like obviously right in front of him. And then you realize mm -hmm. that's some bullshit. So you have the one shake where it's like, she is amazing and she's fantastic and she's this incredible person. She's like this best person I ever know. And then he feels the need to be like, but I have zero attraction to her. I want nothing. And I'm not saying that you can't have a physical mismatch with someone like you're allowed, but then at least be mad enough and at least be decent enough to say it in a more caring manner and to actually address it with this person that you say that you're so friends with like forget about on the engagement level even if on a friendship level you were like you know what i consider this woman this human being to be my friend and i want to be honest with her because i respect her and i respect myself mm -hmm. i mean at least give us that give us something that is more decent i mean and when he had the conversation with his mom and, and his mom was like this woman deserves so much more so if you're not able to offer that like it's like just stop wasting her time mm -hmm. and i really respected that because i think sometimes that mothers of sons like people who have boy children like they really coddle them and they really support their bullshit so i appreciate them being able to see her be like no no this is not it i also yeah. really felt such relief when deep tea was like no i'm not gonna do this i'm gonna choose me and shout out to her for looking so freaking exceptional on her wedding day mm -hmm. I was looking at it like sidebar. I was just like, oh my gosh, this sexy wedding look is a whole vibe. A little torso, a little short sleeve. 
I'm like, maybe I want to have this type of wedding outfit when I get married. I was you so disrespectful. You're not Indian. I am not Indian, but I felt inspired. I'm not saying that I'm going to do the whole getup that she has, but I felt like it opened up my senses to a different type of wedding look. I'm like, I am into mm-hmm. this. Anyway, so looking at the wedding and... The reason why I'm saying it, because she looked so incredible. She was glowing. She looked radiant. And it's like, here is it. This man has been so caught up on what this woman looks like. But it's like, she is an attractive woman. She is just not the woman that is for you. And that is okay. That's it. You don't have to keep belaboring the point in order for us to get it. You get it. You're into blonde hair, blue eyes, and a whole different look good luck and good riddance and her mom looked so relieved when she made that decision and then looking at the rest of the scene and watch this guy again be just the most major dick like you can really tell a lot about a person by the way that they respond to negative situations this woman has left you at the altar and he was like Start up the music. It's a celebration. I felt embarrassed for everyone who knowed him, who knew him. Like if you all know this man, if you are his friend, if you are his brother, if you're his relative, if you have any level of interaction and any level of connection, I mean, first and foremost, he is failing himself, but everybody else right. is failing him. Like the level of just complete like no kind of self-awareness, no kind of introspection, just the level of indecency. Yeah. Who made him? I'm just curious. I like really, I really want to know how everyone else, because I felt so, I mean, I think the word is repulsed. It was repulsive. Mm-hmm. It was really disgusting to watch. They got to do a better job of really um, casting people on the next season. Like, they have to be able to rebound from this because this was, like, the shape thing, above all, like, you all have to be able to sift out these kind of people. I mean, it makes mm-hmm. for entertaining TV, but it's also just dare I say it's kind of harmful to watch like it feels terrible to sit and observe that yeah for sure I mean I I do think because it's the same creators of of Married at First Sight it would be interesting to see like how they vet the cast like what sort of psychological sociological religious tests that they put them through to just make sure that they are ready like they're ready to take on mm-hmm. this experiment. And maybe it's not so much about matching, but more so about like, are you a whole person coming into this situation? Do you have an understanding of what this experiment is about? Like, are you self-aware enough to actually tell us about yourself in a way that we actually get to learn about you and that makes it open and easier for someone to learn about you? Like, there are so many things that I think they do well on Married at First Sight that they probably could translate to Love is Blind and avoid characters like Shake, you know? Yeah, like, there's something to be said about the vetting. Like, it has to be done. 
Because when you listen to and not just like on what Shake was on, but when I look at someone like a Kyle, for instance, I'm just like, how is this guy on the show? Because as a 28-year-old mm-hmm. man, if you're dating a woman who's giving you that many red and yellow flags, you got to be able to read the signs. And he was not reading yeah. the signs. And you could Absolutely. see by the time he had gone, watched the show, came back to the reunion, he was pissed. He was upset with himself and rightly so. It's like, dude, you've been on this show looking and sounding crazy. But I think the same for Shayna. Shayna looked fucking crazy on that show as well. Oh, so crazy. Yeah, she looked absolutely nuts. And I think the same thing for Deep Tea. Like, Shake was abusing her, at least verbally, for the entire show. And even if he didn't do it to her face, for the entire show, the castmates told her what he was saying. Oh, and she didn't Lord. walk away. I she did didn't walk away. She allowed she allowed it to continue. So there's work there too. So I don't know. None of us are perfect, right? And all of us have things right. that we need to work on. But I think this is where the experts come in to really make sure that we are in the best space possible in this experiment. And those need to be where the controls are. Like every experiment has controllables right like there are some pieces that need to be controlled and that is something that needs to be controlled like are these real well-adjusted people (laughs) that came into these situations right 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 oh my god i mean yeah like something has to be done i mean at, at one point of it you can see that they're trying to create as much as possible like a relatable real world experience as much as they can, considering the fact that you're in this experiment and you're isolated. But there's something to be said about the process. I mean, and if they're intending to have even an author of the, the success that Married at First Sight has had, I mean, these people are beyond season 10, 11, whatever they're at these days. In mm-hmm. order for you to keep that show, and not just a show, but to have the success, and to have the longevity in terms of relationships, like you're gonna have to tighten how you're vetting people so that you're putting truly people who are ready into the process. Cause you know, whatever you put in is what you're gonna get out. So if you're gonna be putting in, yeah. you know, not great options, like that's kind of what you're gonna come away with. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, they close the season, they've had two successful matches. Let's see. In a year or two, I think they could still be together. I think they could still be yeah. together. Yeah, I think Ayana and Jarrett for sure. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Food for thought. Something to chew on. <laughs> Definitely. It's like, yeah. no, for Nick and Danielle, I don't know. I'm curious. Like, I would love to know what other people are thinking. Like, when they go and they do, you know, the a year after, two years after, or whatever, who's still together? What's happening in their lives? What are they doing? What's going on? That could be pretty interesting. That definitely could be very interesting. Well, friend, we covered Maybe a lot. Maybe we can stalk them on Instagram. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. <laughs> we've talked a lot. We've gone through a lot. I think we have drilled down into all of the 
little nooks and crannies of this season of Love is Blind. There's a whole lot there. And now we just got to see what else is going to happen. So that's it for me. And that's it for me. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for listening to another episode of Two Girls. And a few thoughts. <laughs>